How do your friendships impact your marriage? I've had this question top of mind now as I begin to dig into Raina Cohen's book, The Other Significant Others, which explores what life might look like with friendship at the center. So it has me thinking about a lot of things, but one of the things is how central friendships are just in general. We already know that here, right? But also, in addition to maintaining a marriage, what role do solid friendships play? And it's been so interesting to me as I dig into this book. I highly recommend you read it. If you've got too many books on your to-be-read list, then you can listen to a recent podcast interview Raina Cohen did with Ezra Klein. It is terrific. It is absolutely terrific. But anyway, I want to dive into this specific aspect of this discourse here on the show today. How do our friendships influence our marriage? If you've ever been convinced that once you find your person, friendships are less important, well, then this episode of the Friend Forward podcast is for you. Welcome to the Friend Forward Podcast, powered by BetterFemaleFriendships.com. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. And it's my job to share the science of women's conflict and connection. So when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding these kinds of relationships, I am here to help you through it. In the past, we have done episodes that focus on friendship at the intersection of our romantic relationships. Last week, we talked about how we prioritize these things differently, especially with the influences we get from society, from American culture, right? We've also done episodes in the past where we talk about how your partner might affect your friendships and the quality of your friendships in ways that you might not suspect. I'm going to make sure to link that in the show notes in case you want to take a listen. And finally, we did an episode with Dr. Tara. You might know her as Love Bites on TikTok with more than a million followers, I think. And she had terrific insights on how your friends might impact your dating journey. So we kind of looked at this from a myriad of different ways, right? Well, today I specifically want to talk about how friendship impacts your marriage. So I'm going to walk you through three things here. The first is this. Research shows that married couples who report being satisfied with their social network, so relationships outside of the marriage, they respond with less stress in response to marital conflict. So in layman's terms, if you are satisfied with your friendships, then you flip out less (laughs) and experience less physiological strain when you have marital conflict, when you're getting into it with your boo. What's the correlation here? How does that work? Well, if you are having issues with your spouse, if you have someone to go ideally and and vent to about it, right? So just to kind of get that anxiety, even anger just out, but targeting it at a different party. If you have somebody to get perspective from, that's helpful. So overall, having friendships outside of the marriage is stabilizing to that romantic partnership, which kind of leads me to point number two. There's research that finds that people who have emotionships are happier and have a greater well-being than those who do not. Now, emotionships, as defined by this research study conducted in 2015, are 
relationships that you have with people and who you go to to help regulate various emotions. So if I'm going to one friend because, you know, I need her to cheer up my sadness or to another friend to help me soothe my anxiety, they're helping me regulate dysregulated emotions, no matter what those emotions might be. And apparently, according to this study, people who have diversity in their social portfolios, we've talked about this before. I say it all the time. I talk about the importance of relational diversity, right? This is kind of an extension of that. But people who have quote-unquote emotionships or various people you can go to to help regulate various emotions Going one step further, I think this speaks to the importance of having a lot of different friends in general, right? I know we're speaking here specifically to like the ways that our friendships influence our romantic relationship, but just in general to have texture to the friendship landscape. And I'm digressing here for a moment. I feel like this is especially important for women. Again, important for everyone, but I I want women to be especially alert. Let me say it like that. This is because The research shows that women are more dyadic in their congregating than men are, which is a more elevated way of saying we tend to go off in one-on-one friendships while men tend to congregate in larger groups. And this might account for why our friendships tend to be deeper than men's friendships. But here's why I'm bringing it up. It's because sometimes we get so involved with our bestie and she's our girl. And I think those of us who have a best friend, like that is such a blessing and a gift. And I enjoy, you know, having besties. But sometimes women will get so laser focused and so sucked in on that one friendship that sometimes the weight of their expectations for this one person to fulfill can be tricky. And if things don't work out with that friend or the friendship ends for whatever reason, have we been ignoring other friendships because we've been so involved with this one? She's the entirety of our social calendar. She's the only one who we self-disclose to, you know, so just being mindful. I know that's a bit of a digression, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. Another way that there's kind of a relationship between our friendships and our romantic relationships is this. There's new research from Renee Daly out at the University of Texas, and she specifically looked at on-again, off-again relationships. And she finds that your friends may be a better predictor of your relationship's success than the actual person that you're dating. And I want you to kind of think about if you've ever been in one of those relationships. God, I know that I have back in the day. Jesus, okay? <laughs> when you think about going to your friends and what that looks like, getting their insights, or sometimes when you don't even ask for their opinion, but they're giving it to you, you know, and then not just those verbal exchanges, but if you're all spending time together and they don't approve or if they do, just the way of their opinions, their actions, when you're going through something that, you know, is like a cyclical up and down kind of romantic situation. I remember for me in my earlier days of teaching, when I was a high school teacher, I started forming a a friendship with a teacher across the hall. She's still in my life today. It's been like maybe 15 years at this point. She was the person I was going to for an up and down relationship. Like one day it was like cloud nine. The next day I'm telling her about him, you know, being kind of controlling. And then, you know, she's giving me advice. But then the next day I'm like, I I mean, but we talked, you you know. Because you either do it to your friend or you have a friend who does it to you. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. And her opinion really mattered to me. And some of the things that she shared, just certain reflections, it was hard not to re-enter into that relationship without 
my brain being shaped according to some of the insights she shared. I either saw him differently or I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that. Or, you know, even things that I thought were acceptable, having her say, hey, here are those things. Here are some ways those things are are not okay. It directly influenced the way that I engaged in that relationship. And so it's just worth noting. It's just worth noting. Now, I want to say this here because I feel like this is important as we go through all these points. Anything we kind of talk about here on the show, the brand in general, friend forward, and I feel like I need to say this because I've gotten some comments on social media, it's always going to be under the assumption that the people involved in these scenarios are relatively reasonable, securely attached people. If you have friends who are miserable in their own relationships, who have dysfunctional dating histories, who engage in toxic behaviors, I mean, that that's probably going to influence your romantic relationships in an unhealthy way. If you're getting insights from people who are, are playing games, right? They're like, well, girl, you need to do this. And they're telling you to do things that you know are problematic. Let me just get to it. If you have friends who have problematic ideals, that's going to be a problem. I rarely even address that here on the show because everything we're talking about is operating under the assumption that we have relatively reasonable people in our lives who are trying to help us cultivate healthy relationships, right? And hopefully in a perfect world, your friend and your partner are friends. I know recently I did a video about this on TikTok and most people agreed, but there were some people who were like, I don't know that your friend should be friends. And let me tell you this, the research shows that successful couples tend to have a higher rate of friendship overlap than unsuccessful couples. This means that you share friends. Now, I know once we get into the details of this, this looks different, right? Depending on if y'all met in high school or if you met two years ago, or if we're talking about old friends or new friends, I get it. But just generally speaking, the general, I believe, takeaway from that study is that when you have a person in your life who's your friend and your partner has a relatively strong relationship with this person too, that you're probably going to be more successful in the relationship. My guess here is that if we have a friend who we both know and we both have healthy friendships with, it's probably stabilizing to the relationship overall. Not only can we go to them to vent, but they know us both. So they're probably helping to mediate certain conflicts. They're probably willing to advocate for the other person if you vent to them about it. So having that extra layer of support, having perspective, having somebody who can reflect back to you your history and advocate for you both can be really stabilizing to the marriage overall. So I just think it's important as we talk about, you know, happiness and well-being, we know friendships are the number one thing that lead to that. We've mentioned this before, and I use it as an anchor stat in the book, Fighting for Our Friendships. But you know, the reason we're all here even having these conversations, which thank you for being here every week, by the way, but because we're putting in the work to what the research reveals to be true. The longest running study on happiness, it comes out of Harvard. And they find that the number one thing that determines your overall well-being and life satisfaction is the quality of your relationships. So I just so appreciate you being here every week to put in the work to figure out what do I need to do? What reframes do I need to adopt? What do I need to unlearn so I can enjoy more satisfaction in my relationships so I can cultivate them in a healthier way than I did before? And a part of that is figuring out how certain types of relationships affect others. So we can have harmony and so we can have abundance. 
and our friendship landscape. That is my prayer for you. As your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. I want you to think about your last couple relationships. And if you haven't had any solid relationships in your dating history, just think about your overall dating history, okay? What were the ways that your friends contributed to the overall trajectory and experience of those relationships? Things they said, things they did, feedback they gave. I'm going to go one step further. How did having friends in general help the relationship just by having friends? Did you find that you had place to vent? Did you find that you had other people to do things with? So if your partner wasn't free, you had other people, you could do different interests with different people. I mean, like, what, what's the connection? And for the positive experiences or memories that you're able to recall from the past, how can you apply some of that or intentionally seek some of that again in your current relationship? And if you're not in a relationship presently, just how can you apply it moving forward? How can you be more encouraged now to work to keep your friends, right, and to pour into them while dating or while being married? Just something to think about. So what worked in the past with having friends outside of the relationship and how can you take some of the good stuff from that and apply it moving forward? If this episode really hit home for you, you know I want to hear about it. I love a good voice note. So come and hit me up on Instagram at friendforward, or you can visit us 24-7 at betterfemalefriendships.com. And if you haven't already, I would love for you to pre-order your copy of Fighting for Our Friendships, The Science and Art of Conflict and Connection in Women's Relationships. The book is out May 7th, but you can pre-order now. And if you have pre-ordered, I hope you got your pre-order bonuses. You can go to betterfemalefriendships.com to the book page and type in your order number. No matter where you got it from, tell us your order number and we will sign you up for extra bonuses that I think you're really gonna love. And it includes complimentary audio courses and all the things, okay? Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.